This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey folks, welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. Let me go to my joke pad here. <laughs> um, have I done this one? I went fishing over the weekend and caught a catfish. Or at least that's what he told me uh, on the other end of the phone. <laughs> I'm going to name my production company that. the other end of the phone <laughs> um, I, I remember when they used to tell you to form a production company on various projects that I would try to I did. Uh, I thought that was a good notion I tried to form whatever the first word in my head was I like that because you know people sitting down and thinking of uh, cutesy names for well, that it's it's Batjack. It's a combination of my grandmother's middle name and uh, uh, family property we used to own in the old car. Shut up! Hey, wait a minute. My, I my, would just my. say when they'd go, "We're going to need a name for this," and I, you know, would blurt out, uh, "You know, turd spinach." <laughs> <laughs> my production turd company name is my kids' names put together. Felix Liu. Grant, you're a Come genius. On. And you know, a lot of parents who don't love their kids enough to do <laughs> Oh, no, I, I didn't say I love my kids. I'm using them as a tax write-off. <laughs> I don't, so, I um, what I do last night, I need more penalties and rules in football. Agreed, by enough. the way. <laughs> Jesus. More flags. Christ. More replays. <laughs> I have seen documents signed by countries on carrier decks at the end of worldwide conflagrations that had less stipulation than the NFL rulebook. You're literally watching refs out there just paralyzed, thinking, how in God's name did I end up with this job that I have to... uh, It's all so consequential. And uh, they all look so, uh, the ref steps up and there can be no humanity in his face. has to be a complete automaton. Uh, Illegal formation, tight end, was not covered up by a wide, or the left tackle not covered by a tight end. You're thinking, (laughs) what? It literally is like liberal America. That's what's happened to football. They've done the same things to it. All those rules and regulations, it's all the sort of stipulation and all that that uh, liberals love to put in. I don't know what, I guess, control. I think some people seek control in their life by, oddly enough, controlling their life. I think other people seek control in their life by holding everybody else in a rigid stasis around their orbit and therefore solidifying their sedentary place in the universe and thus making themselves feel more solid. Either, you know, try to nova it up yourself and explode and uh, see what's the birth of that, a new universe or something, or you just uh, tighten in everybody else's orbit so there's no warble whatsoever. And when I watch the NFL, I think, Jesus, just like a liberal America, or how did they... How do I have a straw halfway through a meal at a place that's not even healthy for me that goes so soggy I can't use it for the back end of the drink? Liberals. It just amazes me that I don't even understand. There's things I don't understand, like the light bulb thing. 
uh, they've gotten it through, right? You can't yeah. find an old light bulb anymore. No. I and there are no paper straws. And I, I think in my city, at least, you can end up seeing jail time or something. Is that true? I, I don't know about, uh, for, for what, plastic straws or? Yeah. And you're not allowed to use real fireplaces anymore. You can't burn That's true, wood. yeah. And this is what I mean about they've won. They took over. I don't know where we were, all were. I don't even know what they're worried about. There's not going to be another Trump. And nobody could hold up to this like Trump. I mean, really, think about it. I think, what did Trump go in for? He probably had a, you know, Fred Sanford heart attack over the weekend or something. Didn't he go into Walter went into Reed Walter Reed. Check was that. An unscheduled stop uh, from what I was yeah, reading. So yeah. who knows? Maybe he had a burp. You know, he does like his Mickey D's. Hey, or who maybe doesn't? he thought, what was, my, what was my heart racing? I don't know. But I'm, I'm just saying... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? There's around 60 million people in this country now who would be masturbatory if he died from a heart attack. That's how fucked up it all is. And I look at it and I keep thinking, "Where's the Hitler thing? I don't see it." Honest to God, the economy looks pretty good to me. He seems to have much more of a sense of humor about himself than some politicians I've seen. And then I just think, man, they won. They took over. I mean, I don't even think and, he could grow uh, a mustache if he tried. <laughs> he's uh, he, he, he's not going to be... Re- re- who would replace him? Mitt Romney? Listen, I, I liked Mitt Romney in the short time I spent with him. But I can see now what I didn't see about him, which is he loves to be needed. Uh, McCain, same thing. When you were with Mitt they, Romney... They want that accolade. Peggy Noonan, they want they want to be in that party still. And I don't mean, listen, the least of it is the, the political party. I'm talking about the party scene. Nobody wants to be a pariah. All Peggy Noonan would have to do is say, listen, he's rude and crude, but he's doing really well for the country. She'd be off that list tomorrow. And who wants to be, you know, Chris, can you imagine? You'd be like uh, Stella Dallas standing outside uh, her daughter's wedding window, you know, with her face pressed up against the glass. Was that that movie? I think it's called Stella Dallas with Barbara Stanwyck. She wants to do right by her daughter, and there's a pretty heartbreaking scene. I thought there was a brilliant uh, interstitial piece done on it on TCM by Jennifer Jason Lee, who's Vic Morrow's kid, by the way. Um, I just knew she was a single white female. How, <laughs> how brilliant uh, Stanwyck is in that scene. And uh, I, I think people don't want to end up, uh, I guess they don't want to end up outside Sally Quinn's place in Georgetown with their face pressed up against the window, uh, watching jerk-offs like Adam Schiff, uh, you know, kiss Pelosi's ass under the mistletoe. Did you understand it's all crap, that the, folks. Uh, the 1990 movie Stella was actually a remake of Stella Dallas? The film with uh, some Bette Midler and... You don't go back and... <laughs> Bette Midler played Stella Dallas? Yeah, John Goodman's in it. Uh, Didn't see it. Yeah, me either. But then again, I haven't seen Denzel's Manchurian Candidate. Uh, oh, I mean, why would you? see Gus Van Zandt's Psycho, although I did when Hitchcock did it. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, Tony Perkins looks a little bit like not gonna Vaughn. Rewatch again. <laughs> you know what they should do? Uh, here's If I was Iger and I wanted to do this streaming thing, I would take one film and remake it once a year with different people. I like that like, idea. I think they're not waiting long enough, which the sequel should be, what, 50 years? Or a redo. 
and they're not waiting uh, too long. They should wait nil. I would go into production and pitch that as the ad angle because I think people would like that today to say, we're redoing this film. There's a premiere of this in Westwood tonight at 8 o'clock, and at 8.01, we're doing shooting the remake. And we'll get it to you as soon as we can. And then just keep remaking it. Oh, by the way, I hear Michael Apted has a new maybe 63 up, 70 up, possibly. I can't, I can't believe that it's been seven years. We're, we're ready for the next one. You know, I almost feel like I have to start at 7-Up again, just to, uh, and I don't mean uh, the sequel to French Connection. No. Uh, the 7-Ups, but rather, and I don't mean 52 Pickup with the great Roy Scheider also. <laughs> but um, I mean the Up series where Michael Abted revisits a group of British kids every seven years. And believe it or not, they started when they were 70. It was sort of a BBC project. Then they picked him up, obviously, 14, 21, 28, from acting like I'm fucking John Gruden at Raiders camp. But um, <laughs> the uh, I think they might be at 70 up now, that these seven-year-olds. I think a couple were dead. I remember one went crazy. I'd be intrigued to see where he's at. Yeah, a couple come in he, and out. Like, you know, you don't see them for, you know, three or four entries, but then right. they, they pop back They don't in. want to be involved in it, and then they... Come back in and they go, where have you been? And they go, I had a uh, yogurt place on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> you know, you always think there's a cosmic reason they don't want to participate in, but they were, you know, working the the night shift at uh, Pinkberry or something and they couldn't get out. But, um, yes, 63 up is the newest one. Oh, 63. Yeah. All right. So 56 years since they started this. And, I almost feel like I have to go back and watch from the beginning again. Yeah. Because I haven't seen one in ages. And I might have even missed 56 up. So I'm going to start at 7 with my son who hasn't seen it and watched him. Because they're, it's pretty fascinating. And it's weird to watch the echoes of the behavior you saw when they were 7. When they're... It's the last one I've seen for sure. It's 49. You can still see the, the pings off the main radar blip you know from when they were seven the hard drive blip you'll still see little resonant pings of it when they're 49 so uh i'll see i'll keep you posted if i go back to seven or maybe just do 49 and 56 and 63 but michael apted i, I hope he's still alive or maybe he had to pass it on a-p-t-e-d yeah he's still yeah he is uh, series. he's definitely involved in this one and uh, fifty six up, we had uh, one of the one of the kids who now, of course, is in his sixties uh, on the radio show. A guy who drives a taxi now, and he was a very funny guest, but I can't find his name because I'm not organized. And he's saying these kids are now six, ancient. Yeah, sixty three. These seven year olds. <laughs> exactly. That said, the guy who turned sixty six last year. Hey, you know. I stole my. Listen, I'm fucking Wilford Brimley doing a cannonball into an indoor pool at this point. <laughs> And if you hear typing, it's Lindsay typing in, who is Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> he was in a movie called uh, Cocoon, which is an old classic for you now. <laughs> but, uh, is that one of your TCM films uh, this Friday as part of Dennis Miller and Friends? <laughs> I hope Dana's on this week. Well, would you like me to tell you what the movies are this week? Yeah, and I can tell you who's the It's uh, Soylent Green. Yeah, and, it's Dana. Yeah, uh, and then I assume Jason and the Argonauts and Hard Day's Night are both you? 
Yeah, Carvey. And he does a conversation between all four Beatles in different voices. That's pretty amazing. I love that. And then the last uh, week will be uh, Jay Leno. Uh, and I've had a great time. I have not been able to bring myself to watch them because I'm too nervous. Oh, that makes two of us. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's not. That hurt. <laughs> no, but you mentioned Carvey, well, and I do no, like just him. Tell, I'm just trying to be candid. A lot of this shit's water off my... But that one. I know. Listen. <laughs> The day you hurt me, you little fucking toadstool with a personality. Get the fuck. (laughs) (sighs) Would you like? What do they do? I'm watching an auto show here. What do they do without the chicks who show the cars? Are they not allowed to do that anymore? Is that like a Me Too thing? Well, they can only show the green cars. Well, that was always uh, such a big part of car shows was uh, chicks in Vanna White gowns yeah. and, like, motioning towards them like Carol Merrill with a, a Manafred on Let's Make a Deal. I guess now, what, they have to have CeeLo outside? Like, <laughs> <laughs> CeeLo Green? Do you remember your uh, go-to car? Uh, CeeLo when he was first on The Voice? Because there was a commercial yeah. that we saw a lot. What made CeeLo cry? (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I always love the idea of applying that coda to uh, really... Plus, Adam Levine's got a new things in history. (laughs) You know, really big things in history. Uh, Where, you know, Joe Walsh or Joe Welsh in front of the UAC committee. Have you no shame? Plus, <laughs> what made CeeLo cry? You were right. It was Joe Walsh. He, you know, he sang Rocky Mountain Way. Really consequential things. <laughs> Bobby Kennedy in the kitchen. You're Bobby, Rafer, get the gun. <laughs> Plus, Plus, what made CeeLo cry? <laughs> like, like things weren't bad enough, for it, but you had to really apply yeah. the, uh, the the Remy soda back of... Uh, <laughs> Soda back of plus. Uh, this is a day that will live in infamy. Plus, <laughs> what made CeeLo cry? Let me tell you about the most useful app on my phone. It's hard to find the time to sit down, and read, and learn more, especially when you're looking up new useful apps on your phone. I kid, when you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. Uh, There's an incredible app that solves that problem. I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is truly unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know info from thousands of nonfiction books, condenses them down into just 50 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that info right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute on your lunch break or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestseller lists, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you meant to read but never had time to. I like to listen to Blinkist when I'm hiking. Take around an hour and 15-minute hike most days. 
and I can fit a nice, uh, well, I don't want to rush it, I don't want to blaze through, blazing through something. <laughs> so I try to read two of them, or listen, read to two of them. I actually went back and uh, listened to one of the classics. I felt like I had never read Moby Dick of nonfiction. Uh, I went back and I listened to The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And he actually added an eighth habit for me whenever I'd approach an intersection and be so wrapped in the book I wasn't looking. So, look, look at <laughs> So thank you, Stephen Covey. The Eighth Habit of Highly Effective People, not getting hit by cars. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price right now. For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Dennis. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Dennis to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only, only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash Dennis. All right. What do you want to do? You got I would like to give you a very... some voicemail. We'll get to a voicemail in a minute. I've got a very light news topic for you. Uh, Pope Francis is considering introducing new oh, ecological yes. sin. <laughs> this is a new ecological sin in a bid to battle climate change. So Pope Francis is right there on the forefront of this. Yeah, well, he had to refocus on the false pride statutes before he started dialing up more sins. Because that creep, he's starting to bug me. And somebody ought to get him into the uh, concussion protocol. Because get him in that tent, make him play tic-tac-toe with Biden to see if he gets back in the game. Because I think what happened there is somebody... uh, took his miter and pulled the top parts of the fence post hole digger part apart and squeezed his brain down a little. Because nobody, stick to the hell is hot thing, pal. All right? That's what we need, more sins. Does he not hear how creepy that is? And like I said, when you burn me on the stake, all I ask is that you remember uh, the massive amounts of CO2 that it's going to be put into the, <laughs> put into the atmosphere by, uh, by putting me on the Viking float. But, uh, yeah, the Pope's officially moved into pain-in-the-ass territory. Uh, don't come up with my, you know, the, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's barometric pressure. Lighten up, pal. Not everybody believes in it, okay? How's about you getting the team to quit fucking kids when they're backstage before the show at the uh, the mass? And then, then we'll figure out the temp, all right? Mr. Pope Reistat the first. <laughs> I mean, really, I've gone a long way with them. I'm yeah. by and large, I'm predisposed to like popes and humble guys that are a lot bigger pains in the ass. But literally talking about maybe coming up with a new sin, an ecological sin. That's the one. Yeah. Um, un- beyond the pale. Yeah, the, the, but, old uh, pope is, the old pope is still hanging around. The guy who resigned because he was too old, he still like lives in the Vatican. He's got a house there. The German guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Christ. He's like sellers in strange love. You can't. He's throwing up the cigar all the time. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the new pope officially now pain in the ass. Uh, let's uh, go to a voicemail, number 12, Becky from Canyon Lake. <laughs> Becky Driscoll? Just Becky Lake. 
I should have known something was wrong when I saw the Capaldi's fruit stand on the way in from the train station. It was always the nicest fruit stand. Uh, sorry, I'm doing a body snatcher dialogue. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you that your series of interviews, starting with the one with Ann Coulter through your most recent um, interview with Joe Elliott, have been just absolutely wonderful. They make mm. my 41 to 45-minute visits with the three of you at twice a week much <laughs> anticipated. Remember, fear looks back, worry looks around, regret and guilt look down, faith looks up, and hope looks forward. And with faith and hope... We all move forward. So thank you so much for being part of my hope. Yeah, that's sweet. Sounds like a Christian sentiment to me, right? You mean like something I would say? No, way too much. I think it it began to fall apart a little when, uh, you know, when you get too specific with the sentimental. Yeah. If you look at a 45 degree angle, (laughs) right? (laughs) That is pragmatism, 44 degree angle, not quite. Uh, to the left is uh, on we. <laughs> it began to break down a little towards the end. But the thing I don't sweet get up till that moment. I don't get how Lindsay cut off the end when she's like, "Oh yeah, and Epstein didn't kill himself." <laughs> I thought that really actually tied it all together nicely. But all right, there you go. Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself, and what made CeeLo cry? <laughs> Uh, I love whenever we get anonymous voicemails, so I'd like to play another one of those. Uh, voicemail number one from Anonymous. He literally put that up? Uh, well, that's what uh, Lindsay wrote. She yeah. wrote that it's anonymous. He didn't leave a name. Oh, okay. We'll call him Sam. Love the show. Love the podcast. Love the SNL alumni and everybody else you've introduced me to as I listen to the podcast traveling coast to coast in my truck. You get me through some crazy days. I'm actually sitting in Detroit traffic right now, so you get me through it. Thank you, brother. Um, what cross-country route takes you through Detroit? Uh, Where do you pick up your load? Now listen, <laughs> Excuse that's me? Not about, that's not about that caller. I'm asking you... Separate issue. Where do you pick up your load? The part you're th- supposed to say n- near the butler's pantry. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was always the Port Authority bus terminal, but you do it where you do it, all right? <laughs> so, anyway, um, oh, there's a great painting. You have to look it up sometime. Uh, it's a painting of a man who's delivering a degustee for something to his mistress's room. You can tell. Uh, and he's got his head pressed up against the door jamb. It's a great old painting, and it's entitled "The Butler's in Love." And he, he you know, he's got this unrequited. Uh, I don't know. Now I know you're saying, "Well, how can you interpret that whole thing?" And there's something so evocative about the painting that you're able to look at it, and see that it's entitled "The Butler's in Love," and realize that he's brought up something late at night or early in the morning, and here's the mistress of the house and her lover, husband, whatever, on the other side of the door, and he's crestfallen. And is it on YouTube or something, Chris? Or not YouTube, whatever. Uh, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I've. it's funny because I'm seeing a, a lot of variations of it, I guess. It's, oh, there uh, is? There have been a lot of tributes to it, I think, is why it didn't pop up right away. Hey, now listen, if you're out there listening and you find yourself uh, at the Canyon Club down in Camarillo in a Butler's in Love tribute band... 
I want you to find a fucking bridge and jump off it. Because <laughs> really, I, you know, people say, well, uh, how do you know your bottom's their bottom? <laughs> I, I don't. But there's a universal bottom. If you end up in a, the Butlers in Love tribute band, you're fucked up. And when you're a universal No, bottom, don't. Now, listen. Where do you pick up your load? Christ, I know our demo <laughs> dictates that I've got people right, right on the very cusp line of ending it. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, I just went to the last week they did a focus group did you see the trapeze partners who put lubricant on their hands before they went out in the big top we've got people right on the edge getting <laughs> <laughs> huh Jesus the, the, the Oedipal knife thrower the guy who accidentally made love to his mom at the cotton candy stand on the midway and took both eyes on and continued on the knife throwing act this 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 is a vibrant, thriving culture. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a roaster boat. I want to be a roaster boat. Well, thank you. I forget what the call was about, but thank you. Oh, stuck in Detroit. Yeah. Um, what what uh, what depot do you pick up here? Yeah, and Christian, when you're highballing down the road, <laughs> which is often, by the way, yeah. with Greg Evigan and Claude uh-huh. Aiken, of course, and Chris Christopherson, go ahead, Bandit. We got ourselves a convoy. <laughs> Jerry, when you're Jerry reading down the road, where do you uh, East Coast? Didn't you tell me that there's some sort of it's out near Teterboro? Uh, but do you like to pick up fresh produce? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where, obviously where I pick up my load, of course, is All in right. Teterboro. Then you're highballing down the road. Yeah. And what route do you take to get out to dropping it off uh, in Cali, as they say at Tone Lokes Depot? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Pomegranate, boom, boom, boom. Well, From Teterboro, boom, boom, boom. Citrus, boom. Get these citrus out overnight to Papahiti Tahiti. The reshoot of Mutiny on the Bounty. There's a scurvy outbreak of the crew. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, persimmon. Boom, boom, boom. Tony Lokes Fruit Depot. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> And I remember you had the, the Marzocchi uh, shocks put in the front of your Kenworth so you could make a jump up and down like Tony Loco. You were such a fan of Tony wow. Loco to you. So you pick up your load uh-huh. in, um, in your pajamas. You yeah. pick up your load in Teterboro. Uh-huh. Sure. Give me your route. All the way through the galley. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a circuitous Or you get no Christmas bonus. Oh, what did just... I get you last year? Some sort of digital tire gauge? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't a digital one. I think it was uh, strictly analog, because you know that I'm off-grid. So uh, I didn't what did want... I used to? I used to send everybody to... Uh, Mr. Chow's. Chow's for, yeah. And uh, everybody would eat normally, except Salmon would go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what are you having tonight, sir? I'd like to pay for Mr. Chow's daughter's at college education. <laughs> They would uh, they would wheel the champagne trolley over, and he would just say, "Yep, leave it." Jesus, it was uh, it was uh, Dom Perignon's brother, Eddie Perignon. <laughs> Do you remember? Oh, that uh, makes sense. Requesting that uh, we have old Salmon come by for a visit sometime soon. This was before mm. your trip, so you might not remember. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe you needed to clear your mind after that and stick. Gadabot got us that cast back into my throat. <laughs> so is he coming in? Yeah, we'll have him uh, before the end of the year. Maybe I'll put him in a Santa hat. Well, let's try to get a hotter bookie, too. Like somebody I drove in a cab in 1915. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, we'll have Salmon in, and that'll light up the phones. So, um, well, he hates everyone. You, uh, come on, now quit dodging the question. How do you get from Teterboro to Detroit, and where do you go from there with your... Well, obviously, um, I like to go to all of my favorite haunts across the country. So I know you're a I'll big s- DeWitt Clinton fetishist, mm-hmm. and you like to always trace back the Erie Canal. Yeah, well, I, I like to... Which opened s- up trade to the East Coast. Sure. I mean, I like Can to Can I see- tell you something, speaking of salmon? <laughs> yes. I've got a horse. His name is Sal. Fifteen years on the Erie Canal. <laughs> This holiday season is upon us. It's that time of the year again. Family, friends, everything so conveniently documented in video and photography, capturing every last smile and, uh, well, let's say under-eye bag. <laughs> what was that last part? Under-eye bags, wrinkles and crow's feet. Yes, those telltale signs of aging. Who wants those in the holiday cards? Now, imagine they're gone. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery, just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in minutes. It's exactly what you need to get through the holiday season and beyond. You don't believe it. I didn't either until I tried it. Now I don't have to imagine anymore. I look like me just 10 years younger. Not that I was any gift to the world then. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to face that judgmental family member. We all have one. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody will know you're using it unless you choose to tell them, because you love them and their family. Get Plexiderm's holiday promotion. Go to Plexiderm.com. Use my code Miller for 50% off, plus an additional $10 off. That's right. 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code Miller. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit tryplexiderm.com today and use code Miller at checkout. That's tryplexiderm.com. So, uh, obviously, <laughs> you could just hop on Interstate 80 right by Teterboro and then end up in San Francisco. But for the purposes of this podcast, no, I wouldn't do that. Christian, did you look that up or does that no, exist? Just because I, I grew up out there. I mean, I remember that you take, you take Route 80 one direction to the George Washington Bridge. The other way, you go to San Francisco. You know what I do? What do you do? I take a bus mark to Lakewood <laughs> Drive and I keep on riding till I'm out of the city where the air is fine with the sweet smell of pine and the countryside's pretty. And then there's daffodils we get out of the hill or a honey-loving mama bear. Just take a look at the scene. You'll find the countryside pretty. And in a minute, you're there. Tony Loco's produce hut down in Inglewood is the place you should be. 
Uh, it's Disney look. streaming. Christ, can you believe all the things on here? Now, they're not for me. But for kids, isn't this genius? What's Iger been sitting on this? This Disney Plus? I know I mean, he'll get kudos now. It's yeah. like Barack Obama, you know, being against gay marriage right up until the second he was four. Then he was the Gandhi of gay marriage. Yeah. And But Iger, what, I'm looking at, uh, you can get Marvel, yep. all the Disney stuff, yep. all the Pixar stuff, yep. all the ESPN stuff, the 20th Century Vault, 20th Century Fox Vault, and um, National Geographic. Yeah, and uh, you left out Star Wars, which obviously is important Star to Wars. Me, okay, yeah. Marvel. Yeah. So, well, oh, that's a, what other, what else exists for a kid? Can, listen, you know how you used to always fantasize uh, if you were in a certain store, you'd say, could I eat in this store for the rest of my life? You ever done that game? I, I Sometimes hope that, when I'm at Chipotle, I'll oh, think, I was going to say, I hope the store I has Chipotle a restaurant. Chipotle for the rest of my life and still lead a long life? And I think you could, right? Uh, Unless well, it ran out or you got poisoned by it, but I'm just which saying, is pretty there's lettuce. At Chipotle. Could could not a kid of this era go into that Disney streaming thing and fully exist forever? I mean, I I, I put it on every morning. What for more do my they kid. need? What would be lacking there that they might need? Uh, well, what age what is appropriate? Is young and hip. Yeah, what well, age I guess is a YouTube channel, right? Right. What age is it appropriate to you show your child to, Hey, what, listen, you little prick. <laughs> Don't get confused. I really care what your answers are. So I get on Route 80, right? <laughs> your fucking vehicle. I, I riff off you. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. Well, I put I it on every morning for my kid. Word that I, I had to hear. I had a what joke. My, the joke that I had was what age... Is it appropriate mm. to show your child their first snuff film? Oh. <laughs> Tried to get well, it out. Listen, you didn't have to go there. You didn't have to go, you know, the Prixar porn channel. <laughs> but um, because that's not on Disney Plus is my point. I guess there's our question. We'll put that out to the <laughs> listeners, folks. Yeah. 866-509-1000. There are ratings on these. I think when they're 13 or 14, it's fine to watch an involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. Okay. Film. But the full out first degree snuff? Yeah. That's. Uh, well, he did have a Faces of Death birthday party this year. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was the. Uh, do you think any. Uh, do you think that was actually a snuff film? No, I think a couple of those were accidents that, you know, they happened to be running a camera during. But uh, I honestly can say I've never seen those. So the Well, Faces of Death. It's not the film, sure. But uh, Faces of Death, I'm not really sure what was in there. You know, little did they know that they had the perfect host on America's Funniest Home Videos with Saget. Yeah. He could have really ran a snuff film show, <laughs> half hour. This one comes from Buenos Aires. <laughs> it's called I Meant It About the Ransom. Let's watch. Now, would you still run the laugh track with Saget doing America's Funniest Snuff Films? That's a laugh track? Yeah, I mean, there's a studio. If I ever audience, told people the first thing that Saget said to me, we'd all have to go to hell together. <laughs> I think you told it to me once, and you're right. I I might have told it to you, but I've never revealed no, no, it not to on the, the general air. public. No, 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 because <laughs> it is really the, the well, one of the five most disturbing things you have ever said. To me. <laughs> and then he bookended it a few years ago with another thing I can't tell you. But all I know is this: the the, the most whimsical. Burl Ives talk, so, talk song thing that you'll ever see of Saget is the Aristocrats. That's him unplugged in a PG, watching Scotty grow Bobby Goldsboro soft rock mode. 
on the aristocrats because in real life, Saget, the stuff he says, and he's told me things that were so rough that I actually began to feel an evolutionary tingle in my eustachian tube that I was going to grow a flap over my ear to shut out sound in the same way your eyelid takes out vision. I have often wondered about that. Why can you shut your eyes, but you're forced to hear things? Why can't I can see not shutting your nose. That shuts off the bellows, which keeps you alive. But don't you think that uh, that would be something in the, in the world we live in, with so much hate and rancor in social media and all that, uh, and uh, you know people ripping into each other, don't you think that eventually man will develop some sort of uh, skin flap that'll go over his ear? And uh, would that flap come in sideways? Uh, you know, like a, 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 an automatic gate at a private jet, FBO. Or would it come in like a level or blind? Or would it come down from the top like a classic old, uh, you know, hurricane blind? Sorry, I couldn't skin hear what flap. you said. I, Which I, way is it coming from? <laughs> I had my skin flap earbuds in. So oh, I, I know sure I lost you about. when I brought up private jet travel. Because, uh, <laughs> Christ Almighty, you're one of those guys. Out to, can, can I share a seat on Southwest for like eight drachmas? Oh, my God. you got kids now. Get the kids their own seat. Christian started this app called Other Lap, where he takes his kids on planes. Uh, I think you misunderstood uh, he, what that app was for. He rents them out. He brings his own little, brings his own little tot holster that strangers can strap the kids in and get on the plane first. How do they get home? <laughs> well, you just tug on your skin how does, flap. How do the folks get that app, Christian? Yeah, where can we find that? Well, you tug on your skin what, flap. What was, or... what was the app called? Was other, lap. Other, other Lap. Other Lap. Other Lap, yeah. Other Lap. Yeah. <laughs> there's also a nighttime version of that that uh, you have to uh, sign a disclaimer. Hey, come on. We have to go there. Lap. Sure uh, copyright that, Christian. Other Lap. Other app. Lap. The other lap. With other lap, you'll be able to board early. <laughs> uh, I think this is a good time for some more praise. And for those, of, if you send right now, the first hundred callers will get military spouse. You'll be able to go on as the same spec spouse of a soldier. Early. Also loading early. That's other lap. And military spouse. <laughs> Uh, Adam in Dallas is uh, someone who is a big fan. I want to tell you how much I appreciate your podcast. Uh, my dad used to let me stay up late at night to watch your show on HBO as long as we kept the volume low, and I promised not to laugh too loud when you dropped the occasional F-bomb. Uh, read all of the rant books growing up, and this podcast has been great to share back and forth with my dad so we can still engage on that and compare notes and laugh at it. Thanks very much, and uh, can't wait to see the next show. Well, that's very sweet of you. And might I add, what made CeeLo cry? (laughs) (laughs) Well, President Trump has backed off on the uh, flavored vape ban. That's, uh, you know, there's a lot of headlines with him in it, but this is the one that uh, caught my eye. So uh, the flavored vape ban. I don't quite know what to know of vaping. Did some lobbyist drop a dime on vaping, or is it more dangerous than cigarettes? Is, Is there really... Would that not be a Saturday Night Live public service parody ad to uh, very matter of fact about how to get your kids back on real cigarettes? 
Well, I, I do. That's how dangerous the vaping is. Yeah, I think that a lot of the the accidents that are caused, as as you've heard since those uh, headlines first s- circulated, is that there's a lot of like bootleg vapes out there that you kind of can make them work in a way they're not supposed to. And then I guess those are the ones that explode. You're using them in a way you're not supposed to. Yeah. Well, all I know is if I was Clint Eastwood, I'd be all over a co-sponsorship with Jewel mm-hmm. Vaping Company for their Richard Jewel film. <laughs> where uh, at the end of the promo, they cross out J-E-W-E-L-L and then uh, put up J-U-U-L product placement. What if they did a movie like that, Richard Jewell, where everybody in the movie was smoking uh, vape sticks? You probably... Uh, am, I, am I a little late to the party calling them vape sticks? No. <laughs> I think it's better than calling them Jewell. You know, uh, but just the whole movie made no reference to it. But just as far as product placement goes, everybody in the movie throughout is uh, on a... Uh, wait a second. Wait a second. Christian, go into your little black book. Get, get me the product development people at VIX. <laughs> you know I have them on Because I know they're going to come in and say, no, no, vaping's, you can't do that. But what if it was VIX? What if it was something that you rubbed on your chest? And Listen, you remember, Christian, when we last time traveled? <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, I'm the We Mr. went Peabody. back to Dickensian in London, mm-hmm. and plague was rife in the streets, our avenues, our cobblestone called us. But not before we and, got there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You and I went around like a touchy-feely Holmes and Watson <laughs> and rubbed Vicks VapoRub, which hadn't been invented yet, nope. into the chests of many of the local Londoners, and uh, they were healed or that in addition to the IV drip of laudanum that you insisted putting into them. You know what laudanum was? It's a painkiller, isn't it? Mm, back then it was, uh, I, mean, uh, I guess opiate dens in London were called laudanum dens. Oh. Yeah, it's the sort of place where if Holmes' is, uh, you know, if Holmes's landlady had found his stash or Watson was buzzkilling him again about the 7% solution, <laughs> He'd have to go down to a laudanum den and hook up to a uh, Lottie drip next to Wilkie White, Wilkie Collins, <laughs> who was uh, Wilkie was flush then because the woman in white was in syndication. It was the biggest thing in the world. Think about that. It was like Bonfire of the Vanities in Rolling Stone, or uh, what else has been rolled out in uh, stages that became so big? Beanie Babies. <laughs> Think of that, that uh, the woman in white was the beanie babies of its day. And this is way after the tulip bubble. Double take the hindmost, double take the hindmost. What made CeeLo cry? You you were talking about uh, Richard Jewell before, and I was wondering, do you remember that? Who is uh, the kid who plays Richard Jewell? I actually don't know who he is. He looks like a... uh... All I can tell you, here's a conversation that's happened. I guarantee you, somewhere in the last two-year period... And I don't know who reps Jim Gaffigan, but I can hear him saying, Jim can play younger. (laughs) Jim can play younger. Well, I'm just saying, I I know Gaffigan wanted that Richard Jewell thing. (laughs) And I like Gaffigan. I'm just saying that's a choice part, right? Yeah, absolutely. Can't you see Boogie Nights, uh, weird tank top, Philip Seymour Hoffman just inhabiting that Uh, (laughs) Richard Jewell part? (laughs) Definitely. 
but uh, they've got a new kid, and uh, I don't know. His name is Paul Walter Hauser. I have not heard of this fellow before. Well, listen, if you're going to play a mall cop in a film who gets accused of blowing up a town square, you want to add the third name because you know they're going to eat into your cred right away, and all of a sudden you're marked like Yahoo Serious. You can't get parts anymore (laughs) except Malibu Midsummer Night Dream or something. And uh, so he had to come in with the artistic name, the Lee Strasberg name. So what's his name? Paul Michael Gosler? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Paul, uh, Paul Walter Hauser. And I do believe he played Jeff Galuli in uh, I, Tanya. So, oh no, he's just a guy named Sean. He's got the wrong fat guy, sorry. <laughs> uh, but I was going to, I brought him up because I don't well, know if listen, you... Well, uh, listen, the kid must have chops because usually I know Sag steps in early and says to you, uh, are you sure you, sure you want to follow in Wings Hauser's footsteps? Because <laughs> he's, wasn't there a guy named Wings Hauser? Hulhauser? Nah, there was some guy in a movie about paparazzi where he went batshit, like some uh, Mel Gibson's id dream, uh, id dream and uh, his name was w- w- Wingshauser or something. Look up an actor called H-A-U-S-E-R. Yeah. It's some sort there's of name. The, there's definitely like, remember when Howard Koch's kid decided he was now Hawk Coke, <laughs> and you were looking, and then, you know, all of a sudden... Uh, you know, the Oscars are produced by Hawk Coke. And you're thinking, why is that bird flying so fast? But um, his, uh, his big accomplishment is... seems to be Tough Guys Don't Dance. He was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award in 1987 for that film. Is this the kid in the Clint movie? I'm trying to see who he is exactly. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to see who I was referring to. Let me look it up here. Uh, Wing, Wings Hauser. Well, he was in... Beastmaster oh, are you kidding two. me? There is a guy named Wings Hauser. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Was he not in a... Oh, no. Uh, see if he was in a movie about paparazzis. Movies and TV shows. I thought there was a movie where he got pissed off at the paparazzis and started killing them like a death squad. Maybe it was Vice Squad. Rubber. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I can't believe I remembered there was somebody called Wings Hauser. I think that was pretty great. But, uh, yeah, he's got a pretty good I believe there, you're thinking of uh, Cole Hauser. Oh. That's Mel okay. Gibson's they, paparazzi from 2004. Yeah. All yeah. right. So Cole Hauser, yeah. who is uh, Wing Hauser's, uh, oddly enough, Siamese twin. <laughs> and uh, they have separate riders. It's yeah. really weird. <laughs> and uh, they have to get a double wide. And they've actually tried, there are times when the brothers have been so acrimonious that they've tried to separate. And what they'll do is they'll go to their honey wagon, as Uh it were, on the set. And (laughs) one will lay in the expanding bedroom thing that comes out when you hook it up to the generator. Yeah. And one will hold on to the little mini sink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. The last thing I wanted to tell you, because it's amazing to me. Our friend Norm MacDonald had to share the Weekend Update desk with the actual Richard Jewell at one point because he had made too many jokes about him and part of a settlement that NBC <laughs> made. They had to let real Richard Jewell come on. <laughs> oh, to Norm. my God. I've got to call Norm after this. Please do. <laughs> how, how did it go? Did it bomb? <laughs> <laughs> what, did I, what did I do? Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. 
Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Oh.